Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. It's your boy Jay Major, and we're back with another episode of the Black Canvas Podcast. Y'all ready? Let's get to it. Man, oh man, oh man, oh man. What a Super Bowl we have just experienced. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They went off. And and that is really just taking it lightly. They went clean off. The defense was unbelievable. Just unbelievable. Tampa Bay Buccaneers wins Super Bowl 55 at the hands at the hands of the defense but at the hands of the great Tom Brady man y'all give it up for Tom Brady give it up for Tom Brady I am not a Tom Brady fan but I'm gonna pay that man respect because he has done what many people would deem to be just unrealistic like impossible like for real we we really got to get this man his props seven super bowl wins seven this man got seven rings seven he's been 10 times and he's won seven come on now come on now the dude was the super bowl mvp five times this is unbelievable 43 years old been been in the league for 21 years played 20 years in new england and goes to tampa bay one year and not only makes it to the super bowl but wins the super bowl would like let's be honest about this team too this offense was kind of thrown together gronk came in this year ab came in this year now chris godwin was there so you got to give him prop. Mike Evans was there. You know, they they did what they had to do. But, I mean, you got to realize, like, the dude bought a couple people on the team with him. And he was like, all right, let's go get this. Let's go get this ring. And did it. And it almost, he did it with, like, ease. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Tom Brady, bro. I, I'm just going to keep it, G. You the GOAT for real. You the, it's, it's undeniable. There's no question. Tom Brady is the GOAT. Congratulations once again to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Hey, and, and also, and also, let me give a shout out, man, to NFLSU. NFLSU, boy, we was representing in this Super Bowl. Now we gonna we gonna pay our respect to the ones that that got that dub. Devin White. Mr. Devin White. Sir. You are unbelievable. And the things that we saw you do at LSU, you have surpassed our expectations in the league. Now, this was your second year, right? And the way you just became a general on the defensive side of the ball this year was unbelievable. And, and mostly mostly in the playoffs. Now, yeah, you did your thing during the, during the regular season, but mostly in the playoffs, man, the dude was cutting up. On any side of the field, you you had to make sure somebody was blocking him. If not, he was he was in on the tackle. Most deaf. Shout out to Devin White. Shout out to Leonard Fournette. Shout out Kevin Minter. Shout out to um I think uh Sarah Grayson. All LSU players, man. All of them got got rings this year, bro. Now, 
they also I mentioned this the last podcast. There were some uh, LSU players that played for Kansas City as well. Tyron, um, Clyde Edwards, Elair, uh, Darrell Williams. Hey, shout out to y'all. I I, am, I ain't gonna you know I ain't gonna short y'all on on what y'all have done. Like y'all y'all I mean y'all. Well, Tyron got a, a ring last year. Daryl got a ring last year. Um, Clyde Edwards, bro, you did what you came to do. You played ball. It was just unstoppable. Like you just could not stop Devin White from going sideline to sideline. He was just he was all over the field. And let's let's not forget Tom Brady was he was putting the ball where it needed to go. So, but look, this ain't gonna be. This is not a. A, uh, a sports podcast today I do just want to give a, a shout out A huge shout out To the Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, For keeping the Super Bowl In the NFC NFC South in particular We'll take that uh, It should have been for the Saints But hey, hey, we'll we'll give that to y'all We'll give that to y'all Y'all can have that For now Y'all can have that for now Because Please believe it. We we are coming back. <laughs> oh yes, the New Orleans Saints are coming back. Yes, yes, yes. Look, man, I uh, I posted something on my Instagram last week because I had an opportunity to uh, watch the movie American Skin. And if you have not seen the movie American Skin, pause this podcast right now. Do not listen any further because I am going to say a few things that may kind of spoil the movie for you. And I really, really, really think that you should watch this movie. Um, But there were some standout points, man, that I really wanted to talk about. Uh, There there were a few that I'm going to talk about, but there were so many standout points. I thought the movie was fantastic. I mean, um, the way Nate Parker put this thing together it was it was incredible in my opinion and I had an opportunity to listen to a couple of his interviews and stuff and he was talking about like how when he wrote this he's like it was in 2019 this is before the George Floyd killing Breonna Taylor like this is before Ahmaud Arbery all of that and so the 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 thought of of watching a movie like this that was written in the manner in which it was written would instantly make someone think that, okay, he wrote it because, but this is like a, an everyday struggle as a, as a black American, like this is an everyday struggle for us. So, um, he made a comment and he was like, you know, I wrote this in 2019, but this movie was relevant 10 years before before 2019 and 10 years before that and 10 years before that. And he also said, you know, if we're not careful, this movie will still be relevant 10 years from now and 10 years from then. And and that kind of stuck to me. That that stuck with me um, because it kind of made me question, like, what am I doing to to create change? What am I doing to um, to move and, and push the conversation forward? What type of input, what type of uh, not just input, but in uh, uh, interactions and actions am I am I putting forth to bring some of this stuff to light and to bring up, bring forth and bring about some change. But I do want to talk about like 
six standout points. I want to see what y'all think. Like, I, I really want these points to kind of, in in a sense, kind of see where you are. I want you to kind of gauge yourself and your thoughts and your opinions about some of these things that have that transpired in this movie. Like, the movie was great. Like, all right, so look, let me give you a, a quick overview, brief overview of the movie, right? All right, so Lincoln Jefferson is played by Nate Parker and his son, um, Kajani Jefferson, they were riding home late one night after Lincoln had picked up Kajani from his friend's house. Uh, you know, Kajani was at, you know, let's sleep over, right? Um, they were they were riding through a white neighborhood and they were pulled over for speeding, quote unquote, speeding. Yeah, they were speeding. So what should have been a simple interaction or, or actually no interaction, it shouldn't have even been an interaction. It turned into the killing of uh, young Kajani Jefferson. And then uh, sometime later, there were three students um, that signed up to do a documentary on the killing and they were welcomed into the homes of Kajani's parents. Lincoln gave the kids full access into his world as they awaited trial for the officer who killed Kajani. So to make a long story short, Officer Mike Randall was the guy that killed Kajani. He was sent back to work with no charges. And this, of course, did not sit well with the city. Right. So. Lincoln and his family decided to storm. I, I say his family, but Lincoln and some family and friends decided to storm the police station where Officer Randall was working, and they put him on trial in a manner that he thought was more fair and just. You know what I'm saying? So, so let let's transition to some of those standout moments that I was speaking of. I said I had six of them. So the first one, uh, the first moment I want to discuss is when Lincoln is telling the story um, of how they got to that town that they were living in. He was like, uh, in order to 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 get into well, he so so let me go back a little bit. He wanted the best for his son, and that was that was obvious, right? He just all he wanted to do was keep his son safe. So he took a job as a janitor at the school that he wanted Kajani to go to, because in order for Kajani to go there, you had to live in the area or work at the school. That was the the like one of the two options. If you didn't quite have, I guess, the money, I, I would say. So he became a janitor at that school just so that his son could go. Now, mind you, Lincoln Jefferson was a an arm. I mean, was an, a, a vet. He was a military vet. So he could have there could have been plenty of options of, of where he wanted to send his son to school. But he wanted the best for his son. So he sent him here. And, and I don't know, some something about that just just felt weird to me you know what i'm saying like he felt that getting his son to this part of town was best and most safe but what areas of america are really safe for any blacks think about that if you're in a if you're in a predominantly white community suburban community as many would consider then you are looking that you're looked or you're viewed at as you're viewed as like the token black guy, or you're viewed as why is that person in this area? We don't know him. We're unfamiliar with this person. Hence getting pulled over for quote unquote speeding. You know what I'm saying? Like, so is it really safe in those areas? Is it honestly? And then, or, or you could be forced into um, what we would consider inner city uh areas where they it's kind of like they group all the black people or they try to excuse me they try to group all the black people in the inner city 
and they provide us with nothing <laughs> just to keep it brief and, and straight to the point. They provide us with nothing. We get no support there. So what areas in America are really safe and, and fair and equal and just for blacks? Hmm. Great question. The second point I want to discuss is when Kajani was on a Zoom call with his friend talking about the rights of being an American citizen, right? Like he, he was mentioning things like um, how we have the right to protect our property when we deem it appropriate. And, and Lincoln, his dad had to had to inform him that these laws were not written with us in mind. <laughs> like they weren't talking about us. So I, and I'm going to keep it G like Kajani was a smart kid. But he was naive to the truth of being a black boy in America. Like he just didn't get it. And I believe this is what led to his boldness whenever they were confronted by the cops. Um, you know, like like the cop kept telling him to put his phone down, put his phone down. And he was like, nah, I have the I can have my phone in this moment. I mean, if I had a son, I would let him know, man, I'm a I'm a be real with you, bro. You got to put your phone down. Cause I, I need you to come home and, and Lincoln kept saying that I want you to come home to me That's what's most important I want you to come home to me So I think that his boldness Kajani's boldness came from the fact that He really felt like these laws Will protect me so I'm going To film this and it's crazy Because I was like after after watching That part I was like if we have these laws That are you know quote unquote for the people And we can't honor these Codes will blacks ever have Equal treatment in this country and I know we fight so hard for equal treatment. We fight so hard to be seen as equal and and given fair treatment and fair just and uh, justice. But if I'm being real, I don't. I just don't see how law and code that was created against Black people that was never uh, done away with. Like these codes and laws weren't abolished; they were just amended. That many of which Many of which were just amended But it wasn't abolished So Is there ever going to be A moment where black people Are treated equally Where we're treated Fairly In this country I, These are just questions that I have Right These are questions that I really have And the third point I want to discuss is when Alright the chief of police he went to the mother, um, he went to Kajani's mother, and he was asking her to make a statement on the protesting that was happening around the city. People were going crazy. Of course, another black boy was killed at the hands of law enforcement. So, yeah, the city going crazy. And he wanted, he wanted, the chief of police wanted um, Kajani's mom to tell them to, to, you know, stop the violence. And violence is not the way to resolve these issues. <laughs> but my, oh, my. How convenient is it for law enforcement to exercise violence when they feel a little pressure or they feel like they've been disobeyed? The first thing they go to is violence because that's what they're trained. But when we're killed in cold blood by the people that are supposed to be protecting us, then violence is not the way. That's not the solution. That's not the answer. Well, what is the answer? I am not advocating for violent protesting. I am not advocating for rioting. I am, however, advocating for people to respond in the way they feel. That's what I'm advocating for. 
and I know this is a movie, but it, it hits close to home to me. I just feel like these are conversations that unfortunately we only talk about when somebody dies and we don't keep the conversation going like we should. You you do have some advocates that continue the conversation, but for the large majority of us, if it's not happening right now, then we just kind of forget about it. Like if you ask me, we should still be protesting for Breonna Taylor and George Floyd and uh, Ahmaud Arbery and all, I'm I, it's so many people I can name. We should still be protesting. That's the way I feel. But that let's keep this going. The fourth point that I want to discuss is a statement that was made by Lincoln Jefferson to these kids that were doing the documentary. They were scared. They were like, wait a minute. We just we just kidnapped the chief of police. We got to call somebody. We need some help. They tried to call the cops and Lincoln Jefferson grabbed the phone from them. He said some things to him, but one thing that stood out, he was like, don't stop filming. So when Lincoln told the kids to keep the cameras rolling, like I, I just knew right then and there he was signing his death sentence. Because he knew that in order to get justice, not only for his son, but for all the blacks put in these situations, his story would have to be told from his point of view. And while it was dangerous, he felt it was even more necessary to finish what he started. Like he just couldn't let it go. And and in that moment, as I'm watching, I'm like, oh, it's about to pop off. And he's about he's going to be what many people would consider as a martyr for the movement and man it, it was it was tough to see the passion and the acting man it was just so on point look the fifth point i want to discuss was when lincoln compiled a jury pool that consisted of workers of the precinct uh um he brought in some non-violent offenders and that there was a lady that was in there to pay a a, a parking ticket <laughs> so they they called her just a responsible citizen right um, so that was the jury pool for Officer Randall because that was the plan. Lincoln was like, no, nah, we're going to have another trial right here, right now. This is your jury. And yeah, you, you got to you got to deal with that. You got to deal with that. Right. Look, when it, whenever he pointed out that that was the jury for Officer Randall, Officer Randall was like, there are no officers in the jury. These are not my peers. And Lincoln was like. Welcome, my, welcome to my world. Ha! Welcome to my world. You now you see what we have to deal with. Now you get it. Now you understand. It doesn't seem fair, huh? Yeah, because it's never fair, bro. So welcome to my world, bro. I ain't gonna lie. When he said that. Just chills just ran up my spine and I was like oh yes I really excuse me I really really wanted I really really wanted him to just put hands on homie that's what I wanted because I under like I, I just put myself in Lincoln's shoes and I was like this is the dude that killed your son in front of you and now you have the upper hand just mark this dude please but there was a bigger see that's why I'm I'm not Lincoln Jefferson that <laughs> that's exactly why I'm not him because I couldn't have been able to do it but look let's let's keep it moving let's keep it moving the sixth and the final point that I want to discuss was the exiting of the precinct after everything was said and done 
Officer Randall was found by that jury to be guilty, right? He had gotten to a point where he realized how wrong he was. He realized that things just weren't right. And him being found guilty um, was it was it was crazy the way it played out. I don't want to tell y'all that part. I don't want to tell y'all that part, but I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. Look, so he had come to a point of understanding and acceptance of his wrong. Right. And, and Lincoln, Lincoln was like, my job is done here. So the officer made a comment. Um, he was like, you know, I'm starting to question everything now. Because of, you know, all the things that he had witnessed and all the things that that he had heard in those moments being in that precinct handcuffed on trial. He was like, I'm beginning to question everything. And he was like, you know, Lincoln, all I want to do is I want to walk out with you. That's what I want to do. I want to walk out together. Lincoln, you know, he tried Officer Randall for the killing of his son. And and he allowed the officer to feel that indescribable feeling that he had been carrying over the last year and a half. So so, you know, he felt like his point was made. Here's the crazy part. And I'm going to transition out, out of this uh, uh, from here. The unfortunate thing was he was tried in that precinct. So the people inside came to an understanding with one another. But unfortunately, the people that were a part of the conversation inside were not able to convey this, this turn of events. And the officers outside weren't privy to the course change that had, that had happened. And this is what real life looks like. No matter how many times we have conversations amongst one another indoors, if we don't get these messages outdoors, then the people that need to change will never hear it. If you watch this movie to the end, you'll understand what I mean. I gave y'all a lot of little points in this. In, in this, I say a lot, but I gave y'all six points that, that kind of stood out to me. There are many, 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 many other points that could be stated there's so much more to learn from this movie and i honestly believe that if you if you take the time to watch it even with what i've told you if you haven't seen it um if you take the time to watch it or if you have watched it man uh don't don't just let this one pass you by don't let this one pass you by like talk to somebody about it and I'm going to be honest with y'all. This is the black canvas. But some white people need to watch this movie. Because if I'm being honest, talking to other black people about it ain't going to help us. <laughs> Many of us have white co-workers and, and, and white friends and even white family, some of us. They're the ones that need to watch it. I'm not saying that they can save us. And I'm not, I'm not saying that we need them to save us. But I am saying this. If we want to see change, then those are the people that need to change. And that's and that's on that. I ain't, I ain't saying that other stuff. I just can't bring myself to do it. But yeah, man, look, that's American skin. That's what I took away from it. I hope I really do hope y'all take some time to watch that. Now, let's talk my dog Dogecoin. <laughs> Let's get to it, man. Let's talk Dogecoin. Look, the last podcast, I told y'all, I was like, look, 
If you're going to get Dogecoin, get it, and then let it go. Stay away from it. But I've had a change of heart. Uncle Elon said, we taking it to the moon, man. We going to take it to the moon. We going to the moon with Dogecoin. Dogecoin. Dogecoin, Dogecoin, Doggy Coin. I don't care what you want to call it. We going to the moon with it. And here's why. Here's why I've had a change of heart. Here's why. Slight change of heart. People like Elon Musk move the market. They move the needle. They move it fast. When those people make comments and they they tell you what's about to happen, you listen because they, I'm going to be honest, they kind of control the market. Here's how. He's a billionaire. So guess what? Billionaires are going to do what billionaires do what other billionaires do. So if he's doing it, then another billionaire or millionaire is going to do the same thing because they all want the money to go in the same direction. He's not a hedge fund. He is just a, an individual bit. Not yet. Of course, of course he's the founder of Tesla. He, you know, he's the owner, but that's neither here nor there. When it comes down to Dogecoin, you got Snoop Dogg that joined in on it. Um, I think Gene Simmons joined in on it and so many other like, Big time supporting cast people. I say cast people, but you know, big players have joined. So I'm going to say this. All right. I'm going to say this real quick. I did. I've invested in Dogecoin. I have. I invested in Dogecoin because Dogecoin is expected to reach a dollar mark. And right now it's at like eight cents. So if I got in now and I hold and we, we take it to the moon, then hey, that's that's a that's a good deal. I, however, I am not telling y'all to invest in Dogecoin. I'm just telling y'all what I did. You have to use extreme caution when buying or investing into Dogecoin. There is no real platform for this coin. If you know anything about crypto, you understand that there's no real platform for this coin. So don't just give your everything into this if you decide to invest into Dogecoin. Be smart. Be very smart. Um, that's that's like one of the biggest risks that people will take. So Jay is not telling y'all to to put your mortgage and your rent into Dogecoin. I ain't telling you to put your car payments, uh, your insurance payments, your, your schools. I mean, your kids' school fees. Don't do that. That's that ain't coming from me. I'm just telling y'all that I have. Had a change of heart because I told y'all that I wasn't gonna mess with it. And yes, I purchased I, I purchased it through Robinhood. I had to go through Robinhood. I accept their apology because I understand why they did what they did. So I'm look, I'm just gonna keep it G with y'all. I'm not gonna even try to front and, and make it like it ain't this thing right here. You feel me? Like <laughs> I had to, I had to do what I had to do. So yes. I did put some money into Dogecoin um, and, and it has been, it's been favorable for your boy so far. So <laughs> I ain't, I ain't even mad at that. You know what I'm saying? But I really do have a close eye on uh, crypto right now because Bitcoin just shot up. I think it, I think it was somewhere it averaged around 45,000 all day today. So that's big news. I've, I told y'all before I've been around Bitcoin since like 2017, something like that. And I've seen it at like seven, as low as 7,000. That's when I 
first remember hearing about it, it was like seven thousand dollars then at one point it hit about nine thousand and it stayed there for months then it hit about twenty thousand and it stayed there for months well now it's at forty five thousand and expected to go up to or over a hundred thousand dollars before the end of the year tesla bought 1.5 billion dollars worth of bitcoin because they want to allow people to purchase the you know tesla with bitcoin now so they they are putting money on it why is this such a big deal i'll tell you i'm glad you asked that the more money people put into bitcoin the higher the value goes so if i get in at 20,000 and now you got all these billionaires that are dropping billions on it and it goes up to 45k well i got in at a low number 20k and now that little bit that let's just say i bought one let's i did not buy one but let's hypothetically speaking i bought one at 20,000 they come in and they spending 1.5 billion on it now it shoots up to uh, uh 45k well that twenty thousand dollars that it was worth when i bought it is now worth 45 so i've just that's a, a twenty five thousand dollar profit that i would be in at that point so that's the benefit of it now many people won't buy a full bitcoin but those that will like tesla will encourage other big time billionaires and other companies to do the same thing they're going to follow suit I actually saw a couple months ago, I can't remember the football player's name, but he signed a contract that um, I believe like somewhere, somewhere close to half of his contract will be paid to him in Bitcoin. That kind of stuff moves the needle that helps Bitcoin to continue to rise. Here's the good thing about that. As Bitcoin rises, many other cryptos will rise. Not all, but many will. So if you have Litecoin or or um, Ethereum, well, not so much as Ethereum, but Litecoin really does go hand in hand with Bitcoin. So you can get Litecoin for at a much lower cost right now. Let's say Bitcoin is forty five thousand. I believe Litecoin is at like one hundred and fifty dollars. So buy into Litecoin is going to move at the same rate that Bitcoin will. It, it should. Let's. I don't want to give um, absolutes. In this moment because I, I really want y'all to, to do the right thing And remember I am not a financial advisor I've just been trading for a while So I kind of I have a grasp of what's going on in the market And I'm trying to give that to y'all So I don't want Black Canvas to be a I don't want it to be a uh, a financial a financial piece type of podcast Because that ain't who I am I really just like to come over here and, and, and talk my ish Like for real I, I, That's all I really want to do um, But I see an opportunity For our people To benefit from what's going on So I want to talk about it I want to I want to share what I know With the world um, Or with the listeners of Black Canvas Podcast So um, Look if, if, y'all, if y'all can The only place I know to get Dogecoin right now Is on Robinhood that's the only place I know to get Dogecoin. So do yourself a favor. If you if you deleted the app like I did, go ahead, get it back. You know, tell them you sorry, you want to come back home <laughs> and go ahead and, you know, drop some coins into Dogecoin. That's 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 probably the best place to, to, to get it done. So keep that in mind. 
But remember, it's risky. Do not drop all your money in that platform. Like, just don't do it. Don't do it. That's that's not safe. Um, but yeah, so so Dogecoin, Dogecoin for the win. That's how I feel. Dogecoin get the dub. Dogecoin to the moon. We with Uncle Elon. We with Uncle Snoop. Hey. If that's where we going, that's where we going. And uh what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to keep y'all abreast of of how I'm moving along with Dogecoin and all these other coins. Um and, and so y'all just gotta keep coming back. Y'all gotta keep coming back to me every week so y'all know where I'm going with this. Uh we're not gonna talk about it every week, but I will try to let y'all know what the deal is or what I'm hearing. If I hear about some other stock opportunities and options and stuff like that, I'm going to let y'all know about it. Like I say, I want to see everybody win. If you a listener of mine, I want to see you win. I want to see you get dubs. You feel me? And if you do get dubs and if you do win, tell somebody else that you got the information from black canvas podcast, (laughs) big facts, big facts. Hey, that's all I got for y'all today, man. Look, I want y'all to go out, have a fantastic day. Have a fantastic week. Y'all enjoy your weekend. Y'all stay COVID free, COVID safe. Um, much blessings be to y'all. Much love. And remember, you might not be an artist, but this is your black canvas. One love, everybody. I'm out. <laughs>